Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. So I, I just had one of those moments where I just wanted to have a loud emotional outburst, uh, but I held it in. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to start laughing just out of the blue. I don't know. It's been a fun couple of days, um, at least for me. How's y'all's uh, last couple of days been? And by the way, welcome back to the Sports Scramble podcast. I'm all over the place tonight. So uh, it's, yeah, I'm going to be all over the place. But uh, how are y'all doing? How was your lovely weekend? We're back again for another week. It was pretty good, you know, watched uh, a lot of football, watched a lot of the bowl games, bowl season here, watched the Toastery Bowl today. I mean, what a bowl game that was. Like, congratulations to the Hilltoppers. Uh, I guess you win like a, a brunch buffet or something to to the Toastery <laughs> in Charlotte or something. Uh, but nope, other than that, you know, a week from Christmas, uh, finally finished some Christmas shopping. Uh, so now just waiting uh, for the holiday to get here. Yeah, ditto. Got all my shopping knocked out, caught a little bit of football in between. I watched the um, Louisiana Lafayette and Jacksonville State game. That was very entertaining. Uh, it looks like I missed a good one today in the Toastery Bowl. So um, lots of good football. And, and I know we complain every year about there being too many bowl games, but there's just something about turning the TV on on like 2.30 on a Tuesday and there's a college football game on. So you know what? I'm here for it. It's all all fun and games. Yeah, uh, I watched a little bit of the Toastery Bowl. You know what? I think that the winner like should just get like you know you just get giant plates buttered up like a piece of bread. Just like yeah, like yeah, like you know, like just they dump them in butter. Dump, like like a, yeah, like come on, toast like, dump. We just need some guy pouring butter all over himself in the Not crowd. Sugar. So <laughs> have a, uh, a cooler full of toast. I don't know if they dumped it on him or not. Yeah, that's funny. That's great. No, like. And I wasn't sure how I felt about the whole toastery thing. Like, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I was like, what is this? Like, it's and it turned better. out to be, it turned out to be probably one of the best bowl games of the season. Like we're going to have like throughout the, one of the next season. ones is uh scooters, coffee, Frisco bowl. Uh-oh. Yeah. We have to tell Elise her rival has <laughs> a bowl game. Seven, <laughs> get brew. seven brew on the bowl. Seven game. brew. And I don't know where you would put, I guess, Tiger State. Put them in the, ah. in the Razorback yeah. stadium. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There's no other football stadium there. Or put them, uh, just have them take over uh, Arrowhead Stadium. The Radius Technology and put them in Shreveport. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, I had a flashback moment today. You know, before it was the Radius Technology, it was still the Independence Bowl, but 
when they had that absolute snowstorm with Mississippi oh, State yes. and A&M. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had flashbacks. I was like, wow. So that's crazy. Here's a rule. I Look, I just don't think there should be any bowl game north of, like, Birmingham. Like, I don't know where you want to draw the line. Atlanta maybe is a more recognizable city. Like, nobody wants to go freeze their ass off in the stands or on the field to play a bowl game. Like, you should be playing, like, 12 different games in Florida. It should be, like, spring training. Florida, Arizona, maybe indoors in Texas, indoors in New Orleans. Like, nobody wants to go play in Shreveport. Nobody wants to go play well, in we, Austin. We had a good example this week, and, you know, Orlando is, like, this destination spot. Oh, Poor Appalachian State and Miami were playing a hurricane. It was, like, a <laughs> slip and slide. I was, like, Wade was, like, I was he texted us I was like how bad the conditions were. I was like, oh no wonder why the score is like nine to six. Yeah, and you see that would defeat my uh statement I just made because like what if we had 12 games lined up each Saturday in Orlando? All the players went to Disney World and week one would have just gotten screwed over because that was some ugly football nine to six. The field wouldn't have even held up for the third or fourth game of the day. I mean, they could barely get one game in on it. Uh, I'm sure Central Florida was not thrilled that the guys were basically treating the field like a slip and slide at the end of the game, tearing up the turf. They do have to get that stadium ready. I think there's a game there this weekend. So, yeah, very bizarre weather. Um, 13 fumbles. A lot of push-ups after the game for, for ball security. But that, State, that, yeah. that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, that, that sounds like a good time. Exciting football. I mean, nobody putting it in the end zone. And just, uh, you know, we'll talk about a low-scoring game uh, in a little while in the NFL coming up because that was a, a very important one in the eyes of some folks uh, on the East Coast. But getting back to our college football, gentlemen on the screen there in the bottom right-hand corner, Jane Daniels has opted out of the ReliQuest Bowl against Wisconsin. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, he did win the Heisman. I can't remember the last time we saw a Heisman Trophy player, like a Heisman Trophy winner that hasn't been in the playoff, you know, not play. So it's it's been a little while since we haven't had somebody competing for a national championship in this position. I think you yeah, gotta play. Expected. I mean, you're the Heisman winner. You gotta do it for the sport. But I get it. And for every reason Tyler's gonna say, I get it. I just feel like you could cap off your career and you're always remembered for what you do last. So some people will say he's remembered for winning the Heisman last and that's the last lasting memory. God forbid, if he got hurt in Tampa, you wouldn't want to remember him for that. But I think you're going to kind of remember that he didn't finish his LSU career. And and I I don't know, maybe that's just an old school take, but uh, Tyler, take it away. Yeah, I definitely don't blame him at all. I mean, there's really nothing that you can gain from playing in a rely quest bowl that doesn't really matter to you. Really, this is how I look at bowl games. Like, if my team's not in the college football playoff for the New Year's Six, I could care less what the players do because that's really, like, you have the high-tier bowls of the playoff and the New Year's Six, and after that, like, you know, the Toastery Bowl, the Lion Quest Bowl, all these other bowl games don't really matter. I mean, you're playing for a trophy, you're – Pretty much going to vacation spot, you know, they're going to Tampa. That's going to be a good spot for them. Uh, but what do you really have to earn anymore? Like, Jane Daniels already has the tape pretty much for the past two years that is scouts. And all the mock drafts I've had, like, the earliest mock draft 
it's been to number two to the Patriots. That's the earliest I've seen him go. Had him pretty much, he's a lot for a top 10. Uh, so he's going to be definitely a franchise changing quarterback for somebody who's in the top 10. You know, maybe it's the Bears, the Patriots, maybe the Cardinals go in a different direction uh, with Kyler Murray. Uh, but I think it's just, uh, you know, time uh, for LSU now to look towards the future heading into 2024. You know, you're going to have Garrett Nussmeyer pretty much be the projected starter. Today, you got A.J. Swan, the Vanderbilt quarterback, uh, transferring uh, to them. And then you also have a freshman coming in, Colin Hurley. So that's pretty much going to be your quarterback room moving forward. Uh, but I definitely don't blame uh, Jane Daniels. And like you mentioned, Jacob, this is the first time that we've seen a Heisman uh, Trophy winner you know, opt out of a bowl game. I think this is the last one because the college football playoff is expanding to 12. And next year, whoever's in the playoff is probably going to have that Heisman Trophy winner. So this is probably going to be the only time that this happens. So this is historic. Yeah, one I of your 12 you teams. There, but we have already seen backups opt out of the playoff this year. Not starters, but we've seen backups opt out to transfer I just don't think the playoff expanding to 12 is magically going to end opt-outs and transfers. I think some guys are just going to justify it however they want to. You know, like if their team is a 20-point dog in the 1 versus 12 game, maybe they maybe they don't play in the 12 seed game. So I think you just got to end all the um you can have the early enrollments for high schoolers, but I think you got to let transfers enroll in the summer or something just to keep more of these guys playing in these games. The NFL opt-outs are hard to stop. I agree. Maybe that will be helped by the playoff, but these rosters are thin right now, y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's super thin watching some teams that we've never really seen before, you know, as far as personnel goes out there for Makes bowl hard to pick. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Tyler and I had the discussion on coast to coast about, you know, basically, this in the eyes of everybody outside of the New Year's Six in the playoff, this is kind of the tune-up for 2024, I feel like. you know, This is kind of the opportunity for coaching staff to see the backups uh, in a, you know, competitive setting against another team. You know, you just don't get to see it during the regular season most of the time because you're playing, you're playing to play, put yourself in a situation to win your conference, so... This is kind of a reset button, I think, for a lot of teams. And I think that's why a lot of guys do end up opting out because in their mind, it's not just about themselves, I think. I think, honestly, a lot of guys have still the team mentality. And, you know, people kind of look at it as, well, they're letting their team down because they're opting out. You could also look at it from the other side saying, you know, they're actually helping their backup, you know, quarterback out, let's say quarterback in that situation, giving him some experience and some time uh, and allowing him to play, you know, and I think, gives him a lot of exposure for the coaching staff and other schools if he does decide to transfer, you know, in the offseason. It's a long offseason, so a lot can happen. Let's stick with Jaden Daniels for just a minute. Uh, of course, video surfaced with him and Malik Neighbors in the LSU locker room uh, basically saying that they're potentially a package deal. Malik Neighbors stating that he wanted no part of the New Orleans Saints at all. Um, so that's kind of a hint possibly maybe i want to get y'all's thoughts on it if they are a package deal is that possible for in the nfl in that situation with how many teams there are and picks and how that all works out uh you know and if that really rumor can come true 
I think that was all talk. I mean, it's very hard for unless a team just comes back and trades uh, pretty much what the Texans did last year uh, with getting, uh, you know, Stroud and Will Anderson. It's not going to happen. Now, I don't know if that's like hinting towards Jaden Daniels going to the Saints. Uh, I sure like it. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm going to say that there's no way in hell that the Saints are drafting a quarterback in round number one. I don't think they've done it for ever like they have never drafted a quarterback in round number one it's either probably going to be one of the wide receivers Keon Coleman makes a lot of sense maybe they go after verse uh so I, I don't think that the Saints are going to go after the quarterback I mean Derek Carr you pay him 150 million dollars I don't think the front office just when it goes yeah we screwed up let's go ahead and draft a, a rookie quarterback they're going to just go like yeah we made the right decision we paid 150 million dollars for it we might as well just Go on with them, uh, but I don't think that uh, they're going to be a package deal. Uh, but I definitely think uh, there's those are pretty much locked for the top ten. Neighbors is definitely a likely candidate of going to Chicago or go with the Giants, though. Yeah, Chicago would have to really like Jaden Daniels in the the pre-draft process because they're one of the only teams that has multiple first-round picks uh, for that to happen uh or Arizona they are in the same situation but I don't see either of those teams moving on from their current quarterback so I, I think it's very rare that we see two collegiate players go um first round in the same draft the last time we saw it was Trevor Lawrence and and tra Travis Etienne so it doesn't happen too often Joe and Jamar linked up in the NFL but it was different draft years that makes it a little bit more manageable so I don't think it happens. I think there's a strong chance they're playing on division rivals. I think all of the teams in NFC South have been in on uh, Jaden Daniels, except for the Panthers. And then the Panthers would be very well suited to take Malik Neighbors. So I could see both guys ending up in the NFC South. Yeah, very possible uh, for them. Back to college football, pivoting back. Another transfer here. Uh, kind of the big story for college football uh, in the last day is Kyle McCord uh, transferring to Syracuse. Now, interesting for a guy to be transferring from Ohio State, one of the biggest schools in the country as far as recruiting goes. You know, once you get in, it's kind of hard for you to get out unless somebody boots you out type thing. Uh, a lot of speculation of why Kyle McCord left, why he chose to go to Syracuse. Um, if there's any ties to Syracuse or the state of New York, they do have a new head coach. Their defensive back coach is now their head coach, um, which is a bit interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, all things considered, Kyle McCord leaves the Big Ten to go to the ACC to a smaller program uh, and basically be the throne taker behind uh, Schrader. I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I had When I saw Syracuse pop up, I was like, what? Why the hell would you go to Syracuse? I mean, Syracuse is going to have a lot of roster turnover. They're going to have a lot of guys exiting the transfer portal. I don't know why he's leaving Ohio State. Honestly, I have no idea like what Ohio State's been doing. Maybe they are going after one of these uh, transfer portal guys with Dante Moore. He just committed to Oregon, and you know Cam Ward, his top two schools are down. Uh, you know to Florida State and Miami, so there's not really that top quarterback unless they have some freshman coming through their door. Uh, I mean, I thought that Kyle McCord was going to be their best option for them, you know, in the new Big Ten. Uh, but I don't know. I guess he just wanted to go to Syracuse. I mean, 
whatever, go ahead. The ACC is going to be one of the most like worst conferences moving forward with all these mega conferences, Jordan, you know, with the big, the big 10 and the SEC are going to be the top two conferences moving forward. And there's really no argument towards that, uh, but we'll see if how it pans out uh, for Syracuse. I mean, it can't get any worse than the past couple of seasons with Dino Babers. My only thought is that Kyle Court is thinking about this. Your top four teams, correct me if I'm wrong, your top four teams when it comes to the 12-team playoff are going to be the representatives from basically the top four conferences, right? Is that what I'm getting at? So your ACC, Big 10, Big 12, and SEC are really going to be your conferences that are going to be your one through four. I guess he's thinking that he can get Syracuse to the ACC championship and be one of the top four teams and get a buy that way. I mean, it's one of the easier schedules, I think, you know, in as far as conference goes in college football, you know, it's probably the easiest of the power four conferences now, you know, I mean, that's really yeah, you're right. It's only four. I was like, what? yeah, yeah. That's probably the easiest of the power four conferences would be the ACC. I mean, the Big Twelve is going to be stacked. The Big Ten stacked. SEC stacked. So, I guess he might be thinking about that in terms of that. I, I have no idea, but I want to get Wade's I'm, take on it. I think he caught too much hate from Ohio State fans and maybe even his own head coach. And I think this is just a dog with his tail between his legs. And he went to the one place that would let him start pretty much guaranteed, no competition. I mean, I think that he could have been Ohio State's best option next year. I certainly would like to have him on the roster if I'm the Buckeyes because you already know he's better than anybody you have on the team. He won your quarterback competition. Like y'all mentioned, there's not really many big fish left in the transfer portal. I could see this being followed up with some news like Dylan Gabriel backs out of Oregon and ends up going to Ohio State or something along the lines of that. Because uh, I'm Ohio State. Wait, who? KJ Jefferson to Ohio State, maybe? Yeah, I mean, shoot, maybe. I don't know if he's any better than Kyle McCord. So, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe Arch Manning makes a move after the playoff or something, or or Texas is number two quarterbacks in the transfer portal but all these guys to me are more of an unknown than than Kyle McCord the guy who knows your offense and led you to 10 wins 11 wins so doesn't make a lot of sense but I definitely think for him to leave like that and to sign with the school like Syracuse I think Ryan Day and this coaching staff forced his hand because there's no way he would leave without battling in the spring yeah I think you know going to Nebraska was kind of the big one that everybody was looking at. Cause I think he was visiting with Nebraska. Everybody thought he's going to Nebraska to stay in the big 10, um, which kind of was a weird move. Cause you're kind of throwing yourself in a, into the pit of hell, you know, pretty literally there with, with Nebraska. I mean, they've got a lot of issues going on there, but um, maybe it was one of those cases where basically they couldn't guarantee him a starting spot and basically told him, you're going to have to battle it out with Jeff Sims I mean, Jeff Sims is basically the uh, non-experienced version of KJ Jefferson in that situation. I mean, there's, you can't there's... be Jeff Sims. You're you don't have it. My gosh, I watched yeah. that man against Colorado, and that was one of the worst quarterback performances I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough to. I, I mean, it, it might be one of those cases where they don't guarantee him a spot. I, I, you just don't know, and I think we won't know until some sometime in the off season why he made that decision. 
Um, but yeah, kind of a, a wild one thrown at us here uh, lately. So hey, DJU still out there? He needs a team. Yeah, that's a good point. I know he's slight. You know he's considered. He Florida feels State. like an ACC. He's going back to the ACC. I, I feel. think he's considered Florida State. You know, being a realistic spot for him to land with him and Cam Ward. I just think whoever goes to whoever declares first to either Florida State or Miami. Whoever declares to Florida State first, the other one's going to Miami and vice versa. I really think that's kind of the way that's going to happen. Uh, where did Van Dyke go? Uh, he hasn't Wisconsin. decided yet. Oh, yeah, Wisconsin. that's right. He did go right. to Wisconsin. That's right. right. So he's gone to bigger and better things in, in that case. I just can't think of too many other quarterbacks that are willing to jump in the transfer portal right now. Uh, Walker Howard and Spencer Sanders. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see those two guys going to Ohio State and winning a no, starting Well, well if they do, I mean, that's certainly a downgrade for Ohio State. Right. I mean, that's that's a situation where are they going to roll with their backup who is kind of a mixture quarterback, kind of a weird quarterback. I don't know. If we're going back to like the Michigan days of the late 90s, early 2000s, and their quarterback wears number 33. I mean, their backup quarterback wore number 30. That's a little weird, but I don't know. Just kind of it rubs me the wrong way. It's like they're running wildcat formation every play. Um, but getting away from that, let's get to our New Year's Six uh, bowl games, a lot happening here in the next couple of weeks. Of course, we won't have a show before then because, well, Christmas time is here and we will be spending time with our families and uh, won't have time for a show. I hope everybody understands. Um, no, I think everybody will be busy <laughs> enough. I still love you. Yeah, I think everybody will be busy enough. So I got plenty of football on. Uh, you probably won't have any time to listen to us as much football that'll be on. Uh, but of course, let's get to some of our games. Uh, you know, first one being Missouri and Ohio State. Um, this is going to be the Orange Bowl? Question mark? The Cotton. Cotton. The Cotton Bowl. Oh, God. I'm not looking at it right now. That's why I didn't even the put Cotton. the bowl games so yeah. you can guess them. <laughs> yeah, so the Cotton Bowl. Um, interesting game here. I definitely... I. You know, Ohio State, I think, got thrown into this one because of the whole Georgia loss thing, and I don't think they fully expected them to be playing this. They probably expected to be playing in the Orange Bowl, uh, but now playing against Missouri. I want to get y'all's thoughts first on Missouri. So thing about it is, is Missouri is going to bring back for the bowl game. I mean, I think they're going to be loaded for the bowl game. I haven't seen really any opt-outs for them. On the other side of things, Ohio State is going to roll with the backup quarterback. This will be our first chance to really see it. Uh, so y'all's thoughts on on that game? Yeah, I'll tell you what. If you listen to SEC talk this whole entire season, Missouri has been the team that's probably the most M-I-Z, baby. Mizzou <laughs> has been. Uh, yeah, Cody Schrader, he's an absolute dog of a running back. Luther Burden, one of the best wide receivers in the country. Brady Cook, uh, he's going to become. Yeah, Missouri, one of those teams. You know, we looked at their schedule, and it really sets up nicely for Missouri. I think that Missouri and Ole Miss, Ole Miss especially, you know, the, the way that they've been rocking and rolling in the transfer portal, they're going to be absolutely loaded on both sides of the ball. Uh, but yeah, I really like Missouri in this one. I think that you know Missouri's defense is going to step up. No comma cord. I doubt Marvin Harrison plays in this game. I'd be shocked if he does. So I think that Missouri wins this game. I don't think it's close, people. I think that Missouri really runs away with this one. Uh, so give me the SEC to, to take one away from the Big Ten in this one. So give me the Tigers. Yeah, so uh, biggest thing here, Missouri, is the two and a half 
Uh, I can't remember, the bank, can't remember the last time that Ohio State was an underdog, uh, especially in a bowl game. I don't think they were an underdog all season other than the game against Michigan. Um, so, yeah, interesting thing. The last two games that they're going to be playing are going to be underdog roles there. So, uh, Wade, your thoughts on on Missouri season, you know, where they stand and their chances of getting a good bowl win. Yeah, I echo Tyler's thoughts. Um, we're both pretty – Pretty big on Missouri. Uh, they really came out of nowhere this year and, and have one of the most dynamic uh, trios on offense between Cook, Luther Burden, and Cody Schrader. And I just think Missouri wants this game more. You know, Ohio State, a lot of guys hopped in the portal, including the quarterback like we talked about. Um, so I, I got to go with the experience factor. I think Cody Schrader wants this game more than anybody in the country. Uh, I think he has a big game over 150 all-purpose yards, and I think Missouri takes this one. Yeah, I think they cover the two. I mean, probably by 10. Wow. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. I, I really it. do. I really think it is possible. Um, you know, going back to Cody Schrader, I honestly had said at one point to Tyler, I've been really high on this team too, so I echoed both of y'all's uh, statements there. But I really think Cody Schrader could have been the SEC player of the year. Uh, at, at one point, you know, really was running. I mean, that's the hardest I've seen somebody run in a while um, since like the Leonard Fournette days of like just absolutely running people over. He's a tough back. I mean, he's not big. He's only five. I think he's five eight or five nine. Reminds and, me and, of uh, Travion Williams a couple years ago. And he started in D two yeah. before becoming to Missouri as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a or senior. He's potentially going to come back. You know, I feel like he's probably coming really? back for one more year. What's so, that? Would be more eligibility. Yeah. So I mean, unless he's if he's I mean, coming back, I'm putting an early bet on Missouri winning the SEC. I don't care. I mean, there's a lot that can happen there with them. So I, they're a fantastic football team. I think you know. I told Tyler so. This reminds me of Missouri in like 2009, 10, 11 days. You know, it's kind of their Daniel baby. I mean, that's kind of that kind of brings Blaine it back Gabbert. to me there. But let me tell you what, they are a heck of a football team. Uh, I give them the absolute. Uh, all right win in this one. I think they deserve it. Um, after the season that they've had, go take down Ohio State. Yeah, I, like I get that they don't have their quarterback, but it's their football team. Like, just go that's beat them. their problem. Come on, that's their issue. So, uh, no, fantastic for them. Moving on from that one, Liberty number twenty three. Liberty, goodness gracious, are they going to have some fun? Uh, they're facing off against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. Will Liberty stay undefeated, guys? I mean, that's the biggest question, I think. Will Liberty complete the undefeated season and win the Fiesta Bowl over Oregon, who's a 17-point favorite, I might add, uh, be the team to win it? Uh, Yeah, we'll see if the Cinderella story can continue on. Uh, But with Bo Nix playing in this one, I think that Oregon, uh, the last time they were on the field, they did not look good at all. I think they're going to be focused. They definitely want this one. Liberty... They're going to give all that they can handle. I mean, it's not like a group of five teams has come in here and beat a team. You know, obviously Tulane beat a USC team that didn't want to be there anymore. I think they had Oregon's in there. They they want to be there. They just got beat by Washington pretty bad uh, in two games here. Uh, so I'm hoping that this is a close game. I'm hoping that this is not a boat race. Uh, this is a tough environment going into it. I feel like this is going to be more of a pro-Oregon crowd just because it's in Phoenix. Uh, they're going to have the West Coast environment. Uh, so – as their last game as a Pac-12 foe, they will get the victory over Liberty. But give me Liberty to cover that plus 17. I think that they're going to come here. 
not scared of nobody. And uh, they need to get off to a fast start because Oregon is a team that can drop 50 on you in the span of like five minutes. So, uh, so give me Oregon in this one. But I think Liberty keeps it close enough to cover that 17. Yeah, if Bo Nix is playing, I like Oregon as well. I think he is. Um, you know, I think he's going to finish out his Oregon career nicely uh, with a win here. But Liberty definitely wants this game more as a team, uh, you know, underdog narrative and everything. But I just don't think this team's as good as some of the other group of five teams we've seen make a New Year's Six appearance. I think the Conference USA is a glorified FCS conference. Let's just be real. So uh i got oregon winning this one but if they lose you can make a nice little tiktok out of that <laughs> yeah um this game is very interesting to me i think it's a like it's oregon is kind of in the the sense that they lost the pac-12 championship they lost their chances of a playoff are they really going to show up to play in a game that does it matter i mean you know it's one of those things if they win the pac-12 championship they're in and now that they're not does it really matter uh, to them internally? And they don't but, get the Rose Bowl because it's in the playoff. Right. So, I mean, that's that's a lot to lose there in, a, in that situation. But I, for Liberty, on the other hand, Liberty defensively, they looked awful against New Mexico State. So, I I mean, both of these teams don't have any defense, both of them. So, the, the over-under is at 66-and-a-half. It's going to get just blown out of the water. It's probably going to be 90 uh, at some point, like, I, like, I think that's probably what it should be. Put 90 on the sugar bowl, but not on this game. I mean, it probably should be 90, 90 because neither of these teams have defense. I mean, it's that bad. I mean, we, I watched the New Mexico state and Liberty game and I think they scored on seven drives in a row going both directions. Just like it was just both teams back and forth. We're just scoring, scoring, scoring. And, none of them have defense. I mean, Liberty's secondary is terrible. Oregon secondary is terrible. It's, it's going to be a battle of offense in this one. I mean, Oregon has the better offense, so I'm going to give Oregon the win. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Tyler. I think that Liberty can cover the 17 if it's going to be a high scoring shootout. Uh, it'll be a lot of back and forth. I think uh, it's good one there for the Fiesta bowl over to the peach bowl in Atlanta. It's going to be Ole Miss number 11, Ole Miss and number 10 Penn state. Uh, facing off first time they're facing off in school history against each other so it's going to be kind of interesting the lane train up against uh, franklin the turtle so uh we'll see what happens in this one i want to get y'all's thoughts on it though you know big 10 sec is always a big battle um and it's going to be kind of one of those where it's both head coaches are they going to shine who's going to flop type thing uh, with the, all the changes coming next year, I think both of these teams are bound to be really good teams next year. Uh, and I think this is a, kind of our first to last taste of their teams uh, for this year. But I think both these teams are geared and ready to go. I'm going to get y'all's thoughts on, on this game. I think out of all the New Year's Six Bowl games, I'm going to go with this one being the lower scoring one of this one. Uh, the way that Penn State's offense, I mean, some games they can wake up and then when they face somebody with a pulse on defense, they just like fizzle out. And, you know, the Ohio State game, the Michigan game. I think I said this on the show for Ole Miss's defense. If you cannot contain Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, you will lose. Because if if those guys go over like a buck a hundred, Penn State's going to win this game and it's not going to be very close. Because once those guys get going, that really 
takes the pressure off of Drew Rowler. I just think that both of these defenses, I'm not sure if there's any opt-outs in this one. I'm not really sure. I haven't really read into much of this game, but with Jackson Dart coming back, he's going to be playing. Drew Rowler, he's going to be playing. There's really no future towards him for now. I'm sure there will be an NFL future for him, uh, but he's got a couple of years uh, at Penn State. I'm going to go with Ole Miss, though. Like, Penn State's offense, I just cannot wrap my head around them being consistent enough to win this football game. I think that this is going to be a game of whoever can get the running game going. Like, could it be Judkins? Will it be Nick Singleton? Uh, So this is going to be a very sloppy game on both sides of the ball. Ole Miss is coming off one of their worst performances of the year against the Egg Bowl, only putting up 17 points against that trash state defense. Uh, But I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Uh, 50% 50% of it just because of, of geographic, uh, because it's in Atlanta. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Penn State people making the trip just to get out of the cold weather. Uh, but I am going to go with Ole Miss. There may be a little bit of SEC bias sprinkled in there, too, <laughs> with that pick. Hey, we know the flip side of that. So, Jacob, <laughs> tell us why Tyler is wrong and Penn State's going to win. Uh, well, I think the issue with – Ole Miss is that I, I I get that they play Alabama defensively. Alabama's really good. I get that they play you know Georgia. Georgia's a good football team. And they got run over by both of those teams, right? Yeah, and, they and didn't the thing, show up in those ones. Yeah, so I think it's a battle of D. I mean, if defense shows up for Penn State, which I think they will, I think Penn State's defense is always going to show up. I mean, no matter who's playing, I think that they're just going to go after them. I mean, you're talking about the the number one percentage of pass rushes. Uh, in the country for Penn State. I mean, their percentage of times they rush the passer is in the 90s. Um, so they're going to bring it all out, I think. It's how Jackson Dart handles it uh, for them and how Ole Miss's offensive line. I mean, Ole, Ole Miss's offensive line against Mississippi State looked atrocious. Um, so, I mean, how they bounce back is a big question mark. I I agree with you also if, with Penn State's offense, running game and passing game balance has to get going offensively, I know you talked about opt-outs for a minute. Offensively, I haven't seen any opt-outs for Penn State on offense. I think all receivers are coming back. They're young. Receiving core is really young. Um, you know, running backs are coming back. Everybody's coming back. Offensive line, for the most part, Olu Fashnu, I think, is the only offensive lineman that's opted out only because he's going to be one of the top three picks yeah, in the NFL the draft. I mean, so that's, that's the reason he's opting out there. Chop Robinson, linebackers, opted out. Um, as well that's a big missing piece for them I think um, it's, that's the only opt-out I see so far for Penn State that's a big piece though because he's their kind of their general outside of Abdul Carter on defense so uh, that's a big piece to miss on the edge as an edge rusher uh, he could be a great edge rusher in the NFL and I think he will be very successful but uh, for them that's a big piece missing as far as opt-outs for Mississippi State there's no opt-outs but they've got they've lost five four guys to the transfer portal uh they also gained a million in the transfer portal yeah yeah so they lost their kicker which is interesting um they lost to safety their tight end and another safety so um yeah a bit interesting for them to lose two like uh, I guess three skill positions you know in that case and you know that's that's going to be tough I think for them in that stretch of how well – I mean, Mississippi – sorry, Ole Miss, if they run the ball well, I think they can win the game. It's running the ball well. That's that's the question mark for them. I just think yeah. it's going to be hard for them. Get the going. 
it's going to be low scoring, uh, probably touchdown difference. I'm going to give it to Penn State. I, I think they deserve another bowl win. If they win this bowl, they are the only team in college football to ever win all six New Year's Six Bowls. So Really? That yes. is a good trivia. So, yeah. So That's like uh, an Aflac trivia question. Yeah, that that's like an Aflac trivia question. Yeah, so they would be the only team to ever win all six New Year's Six Bowls. So, just so a had side they there. beat Oklahoma State a couple years ago, they could have already done it. They could have already done it. Could have already seen to make it to the next stop, the playoff. Yes, next stop is the playoff. Well, you've done all the New Year's Six. Get out there. Yeah, Take yeah, the exit yeah. to the playoff. <laughs> the, the, the New Year's Six is done. You need to get to the, yeah, the, the day. tour is over. It 12 took... team at, I mean, 12 team. You got to. Like, would there, like, is there going to be like a bowl game for like the first round? Is it just going to be called like the game? <laughs> <laughs> the game. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I just feel like it's going to be the college football playoff. You're going to play like playoffs. the Joe Street Bowl as like the, the first round playoff Well, game. it's just going to be the college football playoffs. I think we're just going to have a continuation of, of like, uh, you, you know. Call it something. Just imagine. We're going to get a snow playoff game. That's going to be absolutely That's going to be insane. I think like. See that, that plays well to college football. I mean. You play outside all year. You play in rickety stadiums. And then right now, currently, you go to six domes. So, like, how fun is it that you're going to have to go play in the big house or you're going to have to play in Tiger Stadium or Bryant-Denny or whatever? You know, it's that, it brings a whole other element to it. These are times when I want teams, like, in the Northeast and the Northwest to win, like, to like Wisconsin. Think about Wisconsin and, in, in, you know, January, <laughs> just, like, yeah. snow coming down. Does, oh, look at the FCS things. playoffs right now. It's, it's right. brutal. Did you see that? That's incredible. So, like, another side note, too, is I watched a FCS playoff game a couple – I think it was last week. I can't remember who was playing – but they have 30 mile an hour winds oh, and they yeah. were kicking the ball I remember that. like their kickoff. The dude was kicking the ball. It was like, I was playing freaking NCAA football, like on Xbox. Like, like he was kicking it into the stands off the kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> just South Dakota, yeah. The South Dakota States game. Uh, yes. There was their semifinal game before That's they absolutely blew the doors off of Albany. And yes, beat them they 59 won 59 to nothing. nothing. That's incredible. And, and like, I couldn't believe when, just watching the guys run up the field against the wind, it looked like they were just running slow motion. Like it was so funny because they just couldn't run fast. You can't run into the wind. Uh, and the guys are just having to chuck it like they were throwing it 50 yards, but it was only going like 20. It was, it was pretty funny to watch, but that that's intense. Like I, I think we should see that in, in the playoffs because it's more of dealing with the conditions. Like, I mean, you deal with it in the NFL every week, virtually this time of year. I mean, Buffalo deals with it. Every week when they've got somebody in Buffalo, I mean, it was cold as all get out. I mean, for Dallas to go up there and play that game. So we'll get to that. But I I agree. I think that it's pretty tough to play in those environments. But I think we need to see it. Test some teams mentally. But uh, moving on from those, let's go to the Capital One Orange Bowl. Uh, Georgia, who fell all the way to six, they're going to get their shot at Florida State, who believes they got snubbed for the playoff, uh, and they have a chance to complete the undefeated season, uh, even though all that has happened. Uh, Georgia's the 14-point favorite in this one. Now, does Florida State have a chance? No. Mm, I trust Georgia much more. I, I just think that Florida State has taken the victim card, rightfully so, but I just think even at full strength, they wouldn't have enough to beat Georgia. 
you know, if Jordan Travis was playing, that might be a little different. But I'm saying if everybody on their team right now that that played in the ACC championship signed up and played for the Orange Bowl, I think they could have a chance. But I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see a lot of opt-outs here, uh, potentially some transfers. And I just think even though Georgia's had some guys hit the portal, um, overall this team is just really dominant. I mean, they were the odds-on favorite to win the national championship until two weeks ago. So I got the dogs. Yeah, I got the dogs too. I think that, you know, there's going to be opt-outs, transfer portal, but Georgia got the biggest news today. Uh, Carson Beck will be coming back uh, for his senior season. Uh, so that it's 100% lot that he's going to be playing this one. Trey Benson on the other side is not playing. So I'm just wondering how the hell is Florida State going to generate offense against this Georgia defense like imagine if Keon Coleman decides ah, well, I don't need to play in this bowl game there goes that one and then Johnny Wilson's going to be like your wide receiver number one you got Tate Rodemaker who knows if he's going to be back I'm sure he's going to be back and you know concussion protocol I mean this game's going to be a month since uh, that game against Louisville uh, but yeah Florida State great season I definitely hated it for them the way that you know Jordan Travis went down with injuries injuries suck uh, and football just came out at a bad time. You know, Florida State was looking like one of the best teams. Like, I really liked them to win the national championship the way that they were playing with Jordan Travis. So, the circumstances definitely suck. Uh, but I just think that Georgia, just really look at the full body of work. I think they're definitely the better team. Now, Florida State's defense, I think they're going to keep it close enough in this one. But I just feel like their offense is not going to be able to generate them. Uh, but I got the dogs in this one. Yeah, I think the answer for Florida State's offense i think how they can move the ball just get your biggest guy i don't care if he's your first second third string friggin center or whatever put him under center and just do the old-fashioned tush push all the way down the field like like that just like at that point that's probably the only thing that you can do i might have to (laughs) i mean you really might have to that would be incredible to see that happen it will not happen i can tell you that right now uh, but yeah, that game is probably going to be pretty one-sided. I think, I think we all probably think that, uh, based on our discussion, but of course let's get to the 2024 playoffs. Yes. 2024 playoffs because it's New Year's day. Uh, it's so weird. I hate that we call it that, but it is what it is. Um, let's get to the first one, Alabama and Michigan facing off there. Uh, they're facing off in the Rose bowl out West in Pasadena. Biggest thing here michigan's the one and a half uh big 10 teams are notorious for taking the rose bowl uh is alabama able to break the curse and somehow be the sec team that hasn't been to the rose bowl and god knows how long to win the rose bowl and break the curse of uh you know or break the streak of the big 10 teams winning it well, Michigan first has to win a playoff game to break their streak that they have going on because a couple of years back, they faced an SEC team, Georgia, in the Orange Bowl, and they got spanked. And then last year, TCU, <laughs> the de- the team of destiny, came out of nowhere and beat them. So if this is like – if they can't do it this year, I have no idea when they're going to do it because like I feel like this is probably the best team that Jim Harbaugh has had. But – You've woken up Alabama at this point. Like, they were dead for, like, the first half of the season. They were sleepwalking, like, who's our quarterback? And then really after the Tennessee game, the LSU game, the, the Auburn game, uh, you know, they had some close games, and they just beat the number one team in the country. I feel like it's Alabama. 
Like, I feel like every time that you give Nick Saban a month to prepare for a playoff game, he hardly loses. You know, probably you go back to 2014, Ohio State loss and all that, blah, 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 blah. It's a tough road trip. I don't care. Alabama in this one, it is going to be a close game. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Both defenses are, are really, really playing well. I think that Blake Corum, he's going to have to do – like, J.J. McCarthy has to throw the football in this game for Michigan to win the game. Like, they cannot do what they did against Penn State and – Think that they're going to win this football game, but I think that Jalen Milrow and his legs will be the difference in this one. And look for Jermaine Bird to have a big game. I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide, I guess, to pull off the upset, but I don't really see an upset. But give me the tie. All right, I'm going to stick with my preseason prediction. I'm going to take Michigan. I know the offense looks uninspiring, but let me tell you, Alabama is a lucky team. We've already established that, but they're also just not overwhelmingly a good team sometimes we see lucky teams that dominate and then they just have a bad week and they get lucky and they they move on and they win but I don't think we've ever seen this Alabama team be great all season I mean they took care of business against LSU and Ole Miss um and I think the closest thing we saw to it was the win over Georgia but Georgia looked very sloppy there's no denying that Alabama's hot right now and they and they could go on and win the whole thing but if Michigan is who we think they are and who they've claimed to be all season, I think they should have no issues in this one. So I'm going to go with the Wolverines um, in this one. I think it'll be very close, but give me 27-24, Michigan. All right, Jake, if you get to decide it, we have one-to-one. <laughs> yes. Um, if Michigan is who Connor Stallions thinks that Michigan is, <laughs> then Michigan can win this game. I, I don't know. Um yeah, biggest thing for me, you know, you brought a good point. I can't get the the Iron Bowl game out of my head. I can't. And, and That's a that bad is, game. And that is that you almost got beat by Auburn. I that's that's incredible that you, you know did team, get beat by Auburn, but you, you did. You did. I mean, you you be, you got beat um in, you know, a little but one by one square. Like, they beat Georgia. So, I mean, I. Yeah, but my problem is, is Carson. Like, Carson if you really Beck want to go back to the game, that. go to the Texas I mean, that's game. the they issue. awful in that game. Well, the they problem did. is, but here's the issue Georgia doesn't play anybody throughout the season like Alabama. So, when they get to that point, when they play Alabama, they will it's, have to next year. That's the issue. I mean, that's the problem. So, I mean, Alabama gets their tune-up with LSU. I mean, that's that's. I mean, they kind of get their feet held to the fire in that one and that rivalry. But as far as Georgia goes, they don't play anybody like that until they get to Alabama in the SEC championship when it all matters. And by that time, you know, Alabama's geared and ready to go because they just played in the Iron Bowl. And but I mean, this one they barely got out. I mean, that's that's the case. So I just can't get that out of my head. If the offense can't get going early, I mean. Michigan's offense, if they give the ball to Blake Corum, I this isn't the Alabama team that had Will Anderson and all the other guys that are run stoppers. Alabama cannot stop the run. I'm telling you right now, there's they cannot stop the run. They can stop the pass this year, but they cannot stop the run. So that's my biggest thing for them. Uh, that's why I have Michigan winning it. I think with Edwards and in, in uh, Corum in the backfield, it's a one-two tandem that Alabama, I just don't know if they can last, and the clock is going to be running a lot in this game. I just feel like the clock is going to be on Michigan's side with the ball in their hands, and they just want to have time of possession in this one against Alabama. Basically put the stress on Nick Saban for them to really score late in this game to stay in it. Um, so, yeah, you've been outmatched, Tyler. I'm sorry. 
uh, the well, SEC. Chet, I think, picked Alabama like a couple uh, of weeks ago. The ghost of it, Chet. So. Oh, man, I forgot to introduce our guest for the show. Chet's ghost is is with us, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, moving from this one, let's go to the other playoff game. Let's go to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, probably the only game that's worth a pulse to talk about in the Superdome this year. Uh, Texas and Washington facing off two and three. Uh, Texas is the favorite in this one, which I was surprised to see. Texas is a four and a half point favorite uh, in this one. I don't know if that's because of locale or what it is, but I think that's kind of interesting to see considering Washington's undefeated. Now, up until this point, Tyler has picked every team that he's picked against every undefeated team in in the new year six and and the playoffs so far so let's see if he does it again guys uh but washington is the last undefeated team that we'll be talking about uh, of course with the heisman trophy runner-up so i will i'm anxious to hear what tyler has to say regarding this game well i guess i'll kick it off so that way you don't have to wait anymore uh yeah this is probably one of the most toughest bowl games uh, to pick, in my opinion. I think uh, this is going to be an instant classic. Uh, I think out of the two playoff semifinals, uh, you know, they're looking at these top two quarterbacks. Uh, these secondaries, man. Texas is secondary. I know that they look good against Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State cannot move the football. And then Texas Tech, they couldn't move the football either. So they haven't really faced an offense uh, really that can do them. Uh, but, yeah, that Texas uh, rush defense, I don't – Let's see, uh, you know, what Dylan Johnson can do. You know, Dylan Johnson, he's been running hog wild. He ran hog wild in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, but I'm really looking forward uh, to the quarterback battle between Michael Penix and Quinn Ewers. Uh, but I am going to go with my preseason natty champ pick. I'm going to go with the Dogs, Washington Huskies. I'm not going back. If I picked them to win the national championship and I had faith in them to win the preseason, why go back? You got to go down to New Orleans. It's supposed to be a home game for Texas. Who cares? We're the underdogs. Let's go, Huskies. All right. Well, inspiring pick by Tyler. Let Tyler uh, give the pregame speech. Why don't you? Brick yeah, and I agree there. with you. Big Penix energy. Am I right? <laughs> hey, big Penix energy. Big Penix energy. Like, yeah, this team, I just, I think they're getting doubted a lot. And I think Michael Penix was probably disappointed. He didn't get the Heisman. But he knew he had bigger fish to fry in this game. And I just think this has been Washington's MO all year. They're going to win with defense. But I think Michael Penix makes a special play late in this one. It's going to be high scoring. But I do think we'll see some some good action on defense too. I think it gets into the 30s. Uh, but yeah, give me Washington in this one. I did flip since the last time we spoke. So I'm going to have uh, Washington and, and Michigan. Here, I got you a fun one. Um I have circumstances like I'm going to pull a chat here. Uh, it has entered my body. I am going to uh, predetermine what's going to happen. Uh, I think that Quinn yours is going to have a decent game. Uh, I think he gets hurt in this one and we get and to see Mark Manning in, in the playoff. And uh, yeah, I, I feel that Washington's defense they had by far the best defense in the Pac-12 this season, by far. I mean, that was unbelievable for their defense, what they've done. Um, offensively, I've never seen 
a team trust their receivers so much in my life. I mean, Penix just throws it up and they find a way to go get it. Like it's it's the LSU team of 2019. Like it's what that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, no throw problem. it up and <laughs> just throw it up and they go and get it. I mean, that's that's pretty much what's happening there. And for them to do things on third and four with a minute 20 to go and you're only winning by a touchdown and you just throw the ball into a one-on-one man coverage like that that's that's pretty ballsy so uh no i texas for me it's i mean okay is texas back eh, they're they're here hello bye hello. i mean this is kind of their last hello and bye <laughs> hello <interesting. laughs> For me, this is their last really big step. I mean, because when they go to the the SEC, I just don't think they're going to be this team anymore. I just don't see it happening. Because uh, the teams like Texas Tech and some other teams that you just wipe the floor with just aren't there anymore. I mean, they're just not not there. So I think Washington wins this one. I think the Pac-12 ends on a great note. It is predetermined at the Heisman Trophy ceremony when. Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix hugged it out. Jaden Daniels told them, go win the natty. Like that's why like I'm that, also 13 like, Washington. I is, mean, whatever JD5 says, I mean, you gotta he has he, he has put it in like it is in our heads. It is on it might as well be on paper at this point. But like I feel like Washington wins this one. I think they're gonna cover the four and a half, and I think they're probably gonna win by two touchdowns. Okay, like, I, so I just going you dumb. I, Even we're all going to I'm going to go close, but yes. Washington. I don't so, think it's by 14. <laughs> Wade and I have the same natty. Tyler do, has yeah. Tyler has Alabama and Washington. That's an interesting one. So none of us have the rematch. The rematch. I, whatever. Screw that. That's so lame. <laughs> I don't I, want I, the rematch. Nobody wants the match. rematch. Nobody wants that. I'm about 12 and one teams. Whoop de doo. I think it's. I yeah. I think it's going to be great. I mean, we're not going to talk national championship. I already put too much talk in Texas winning the Natty in March Madness, and they let me down. So I'm not picking yeah. Texas to win on the Grinner. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't envision that happening. Um, let's talk about some coaching stuff now that we've got all that out of the way for college football. Uh, let's talk. Penn State hires is going to hire. I think it's probably happening as we speak. You know, in the works. Uh, former head coach. Tim Allen, or Tom Allen, I'm sorry, not Tim Allen. What I've been watching too many Christmas movies. I've been watching too many Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well hire Tim Allen, get some comedy in there. Um, no, Tom Allen is going to be the next DC for Penn State. That could be very interesting. Another head coach coming in. Of course, Manny Diaz was a head coach at Miami before he got the boot and got hired on as Penn State, arguably one of their best defensive coordinators in school history. Um but Tom Allen coming in, I mean, this is kind of big news for Penn State. Indiana had a really good defense under Tom Allen. Um, I thought they were one of the better defenses that weren't a strong team in the Big Ten. Kind of worked with what they had. I think with the arsenal that Tom Allen's going to get, I think that it's very possible uh, that he blows the expectations out of the water. There's high expectations of Penn State right now with everything that has happened this season. In the last few seasons, I mean, the expectation has been really high, and they've let a lot of people down. So I, this is kind of a, a big budget hire for them, and I feel like they really had to do it in order to keep people invested and keep guys invested in staying with the program. Uh, but I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this. I know that Big Ten football is not y'all's expertise, um, and I'm sure you haven't watched Indiana very much. 
Um, but they were very relevant, you know, two or three years ago. And anytime you can get a head coach to come in and be a coordinator, I think it's good because he understands the the holistic approach of the job. And it means at one point his unit was so good that somebody wanted him to be a head coach. So I look at it like it's a good hire. He'll be motivated. It could parlay him to another job at a smaller school or something. So I think you're going to get his A game. I agree with you. I mean, it's big shoes to fill. You know, Manny Diaz, I mean, he did a fantastic job with that defense. He was an absolute dog. I think that Duke, uh, we'll see. You know, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I I just think that Miami is just an absolute dump of a program right now, the way it's going, like the administration, all the way down uh, to the coaching staff. Uh, But, yeah, I I definitely like it. Tom Allen, he was really, really good at Indiana. It's definitely hard. I mean, Michael Penix was there, uh, but Penix dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, But, yeah, Tom Allen at at Indiana really liked him. I think that overall he's a good dude, the relationships that he has with his players in locker room. uh, It's definitely crucial. I think that he's going to be a big recruiter. I mean, he already knows Big Ten country, uh, so it's not like he's used to the recruiting. Uh, So, yeah, I think that this is a – a really, really good hire for Tom Allen. I think that Penn State's defense is still going to be one of the best in that conference. All right, let's get to the big debate of the big, uh, the big debate of college football here uh, to close out our college football talk. That is Chip Kelly's advocating for one giant Super Power Five conference, the Super One. So from Super Five to Super Four to Super One. Um, no, Chip Kelly has always been kind of a. Uh, strange-minded individual. I feel like it's tough to get inside that guy's head because I don't, like, who knows what that guy's thinking. Um, Even staying with UCLA for all those years. But uh, interesting thought here, you know, with the whole single big conference. I mean, is that even a possibility in anybody's mind? Or is this just kind of a like a dream? That's kind of what it is now. I mean... Yeah, we're going to have individual conference champions, and it will matter who wins the Big Ten and the SEC, Big 12, ACC. I get it. But basically, if you're a top 12 team out of the, what, 60 or 70 applicants, you know, that would be in the the big conference, you're going to get your shot at the national championship. So I know that there's 130 FBS teams, and what he's saying is let's just have one giant power five or power four conference division, but that's essentially what it is because we're not going to, we're not going to consider the winner of the conference USA for a a national championship. They might snag the 12 seed or something every now and then, but all the teams that he's talking about being in this mega conference are going to be in those top 12 teams. So I I think that's kind of where we're at already. I agree with that. I mean, (laughs) yeah, nothing else to say. The only thing Wade's our advocate for us when it comes to this at the conference. <laughs> the debate is the, the debate. I is just don't really like where the conferences are in general. Do you, I, yeah. I think regional conferences are the way to go with college football. The yes. expanded playoff would have been great. The traveling is just going to be so weird to me. Like Cal's going to have to go play at Florida State, and <laughs> they're going to the have ACC. USC go five road, miles uh, from the Pacific Ocean, and they're playing in the all ACC. the way to Rutgers. Like my gosh, we're going to need more than a plane to get there. They're going to need a boat to get there. And I know the NFL does it week in week out, but they even try really hard to keep the divisions regionally focused because if they didn't 
you'd have the San Francisco 49ers flying to Atlanta, back to San Fran, back to New England. Like, and these guys can, they can take like extended trips and stay on the East coast for a week and then, you know, play back to back East coast games. But with the way the ACC is structured, I mean, there's not enough West coast teams for them to be able to, to do that. They're going to be going back and forth constantly. These guys have school still, and I know students. that that's kind of an afterthought. That's but... crazy. Like they're yeah. students. Like yes. and people are like, oh well, they're not playing you no know, during the same semester that they're going to school. I said, and still, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like I feel like it's still a lot on you. Like that's and they're still doing some school. Handle. And and not yeah. every kid is going to the NFL. Like no. yeah, maybe the the top players that we talk about on this show are going to the NFL and school 10%. doesn't matter. But I mean, think about that. In all of college football, like ten percent of guys go to the NFL. I mean, that's very minuscule like amount of guys that are even representing their college teams you know going to the next yeah. level and you go to Stanford how to go to school right I mean a lot of guys just aren't successful I mean Stanford Andrew Luck was successful ish you know you know <laughs> yeah and so was Christian McCaffrey I mean those are really your two exceptions really there and schools like that I mean Cal had you know Jared Goff and and, and, and but that's really there's really nobody else. I mean, that's, you know, out there. Aaron Rodgers was at Cal, but like a lot of times you just don't see that happening. I like the idea of the regional thing and I would love to go back to it. We're just too far gone at this point. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. But I would love to still see Tulane in the SEC. Like there's things like that where if that never would have changed, Tulane would have been a really good school, like for football and would have been fantastic. Like, outside of everything like recruits would have gone there guys would have gone there and they would have been a really good school like that's i mean these teams were competitive at one time that's hard to believe but you know it's just too far gone and the bigger schools uh have just taken over these power five conferences yeah i I just chip kelly's out in no man's land i think with that one uh but enough of college football let's get to our dog of the week All right, dog of the week here. I'm going to get mine out of the way early. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. 53, or I'm sorry, 63 points at home in Vegas over the Chargers. And a lot happened after that game on the Chargers side. But I'm going to go with the Raiders. Uh, fantastic first half. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, best NFL game he's had so far. Uh, there's a lot of expectation for Aiden O'Connell now. That Sorry, that's just a... Oh, a wild game, and I just don't see that happening the rest of the year, but good on the Raiders, 63 points. And I'm going to the famous Toastery Bowl, going with Western Kentucky quarterback Caden Viltkamp. This man threw 52 passes. I mean, this is just what Western Kentucky quarterbacks are built for, throwing 50 passes and throwing for 383 yards and four touchdowns and leading your team to a, you were down 20 to nothing and dead in this game. Uh, so sorry to all the betters that honestly, I'm not sorry because I've been losing like every bet pretty much <laughs> for you, betters. Uh, Old Dominion minus five. You should just go on with the, t- uh, the Hilltoppers. Uh, but I'm going to go with Caden Veltkamp. Got that dog in him. And I'm going to go to the Midwest. I'm going to give it to Sam Laporta from the Detroit Lions. Their rookie tight end had three touchdowns in a game. Very rare to see that for any pass catcher, let alone a tight end. Uh, but, yeah, 
Sam Laporta, three touchdowns. Jared Goff slung five of them um, all together. So looks like Detroit's offense is back in business. All right, before we get too far gone to the NFL, let's get to our best bets for the college football rest of our bowl games that we've got for college football. Of course, it's end of year blowout. Yes, yes, end of year blowout. Uh, Of course, it's brought to you by Will Spreads. End of year blowout. Hey. We're going to try to build the bankroll. We're going to try. It didn't work last week. We went over three in NFL. (laughs) That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Uh, best bowl bets. Tyler, what is your best bowl bet uh, for the rest of the bowl season? Well, you know what the Air Force is saying is nothing can stop the Air, U.S. Air Force. That's until they get the James Madison Dukes coming into town. Give me James Madison minus two and a half. I know that their head coach is gone in Indiana. Looks like their quarterback may be going into the transfer portal. That's not official yet. But give me the Dukes. They've definitely been uh, really my favorite team to watch this year. Air Force, they're on a four-game losing streak. Uh, they are just falling on the side of a cliff. So give me the Dukes to cover that two and a half. All right, Wade. All right. Uh, I'm going to take an outright underdog money line. I'm going to take Oklahoma State. They're the two-and-a-half-point dogs to Texas A&M. I haven't really figured out why yet because Oklahoma State made their conference championship. Texas A&M fired their coach and is very disappointing and is on their third quarterback of the season. So Oklahoma State gets it done. If you don't trust them all the way, take the points. But if they lose by a field goal, don't come at me. (laughs) I'm going to go out to the Alamo Bowl. Uh, Arizona and Oklahoma facing off. Arizona is the three-point favorite in this one. I'm going to take Arizona cover the three points. Of course, no Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma. So that's a Maybe big a touchdown for Arizona. Plus. Yeah, I think it could be a touchdown plus, honestly. Um, could be a 10, so big ones uh, here for all three of us. I think good good picks, good picks, good picks all yeah. around. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can go 3-0 and uh, with those. Let's get back to the NFL real quick. Uh, let's go with our NFL best bets for Week 16. Uh, a lot of good games, a lot of really good games. Of course, we had some good ones. This weekend, um, Tyler, your best bet for the NFL. Yeah, I'm going to go with a money line pick here. This is going to be a little bold. Uh, we missed on our money line bet uh, with the Cowboys. Very much disappointing us against the Bills. But I'm going to go with Tampa Bay winning outright at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars didn't look so hot last night against the Baltimore Ravens. I think that Tampa, I think that. They win this game and really take force of the NFC South and might even clinch the NFC South in the next uh, coming weeks. Uh, man, I, I take back my Falcons winning the NFC South. They look absolute god-awful against the Panthers. Uh, so I think that the Bucks they win this one. Baker Mayfield coming off of a sensational performance against the Packers. Come back at home against the Jags. Give me Tampa to win outright. All right, Wade. Um. You know, this team has not let me down here on this show. (laughs) I have not put real money on them yet, so I'm not going to jinx it. But I'm going to take the Dolphins. They're uh, slight favorites over the Cowboys. one and a So you could take the money line if if you're scared of that one and a half. Um, That's slightly less juice. Or you can just take them to cover it like I think they will. I think they win this game by a field goal plus, maybe even 
I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit when this Maybe offense, even 20, I mean, 30, 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tyree Kill didn't even play this week, and they put up 30 against New York in a shutout. So this offense, when it gets going, man, they just are really, really good, and they can run the ball on you just as well as they can throw it on you. So Cowboys are really bad on the road this year, totally different team, and it's another road game. So I got the Dolphins. Uh, I'm going to head down to Southern Texas, the Browns and the Texans. Uh, good game here on on CBS. Uh, the Texans are a two and a half at home. I'm going to go outright for the Browns. I think the Browns are going to get to 10 wins. They're going to get to double digit wins for the first time in forever. Um, so, yeah, the Browns look good. I mean, last week, that was a battle Joe against Flacco. Chicago. Chicago should have won that game. Like, the fact that Darnell Mooney didn't hold on to that ball scares the living crap out of me that, that that didn't happen. I was like, he's on the ground with the ball, and he kicked it up in the air Twice. with his foot. <laughs> I was like, what? Are you kidding me? So, yeah, I, I think the Browns are just a team of destiny right now uh, in the AFC North. And if the Ravens slip up, if the Ravens slip up, they got a tough one against the Niners. If they slip up, here come the Cleveland Browns. Like, that's incredible. Like, what? That's crazy. Man, you got to face off against Joe Flacco and the Browns in the playoffs. That's a scary sight. Think about that. Think about Joe Flacco coming back to play against his team. Oh, my God. God. Could you imagine? Please, I need that. Wow, that would be incredible. Uh, As far as the NFL goes, I think Tyler has a little treat for us. This is is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. This is Fantasy Football Corner. Tyler's in the consolation bracket for Fantasy Football. Why do we we got to keep bringing that up? I'm winning in my consolation. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, See, Tyler's trying to get this first pick for. Why do we have? Why do we? Okay, we want, like to call the toilet bowl, but why is it a toilet <laughs> series? A toilet best series. of three. Uh, hey, this look, should be a one it. and done. Like, why can't it. I? Why nope. can't you just let nope. me win nope. and let my like? I want my team to go to Cabo, enjoy their vacation. <laughs> I don't want to want them to have like three weeks of just playing for nothing. Uh, Gotta well, win the toilet series. Tyler. You see, it's the toilet series. Yes, and well, you, we need to call it that then from now. Best of three. Best of three. So Wade and I are playing uh, in the second round of the playoffs. Wade looks like he's going to get a sports scramble, a big win. So Shet and Wade are going to be facing off. I'm going to be playing against Matty Ice, ah. uh, of course, and I'm going to try to fend off Matty Ice. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. So I I may be buying Matt some drinks on the 26th, or he can be buying me some drinks on the 26th. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but Tyler has a gift for us here, a little little. Well, I want to get your all thoughts on how y'all feeling about going into your semifinal matches before we get into this. Hey, the Freddy, or this isn't the Freddy Fat Asses, but they're going to be good too. <laughs> Jettison um, Bettas, man. This is the team that we dreamt of back in August when I back, folks. out of spite took five receivers to start the draft because I didn't want to go full PPR, but I said, you know what? Have it. I will have Rashad white as my RB two <laughs> and look how that paid off. He's now my RB one. Cause Saquon, I got news for you, brother. You sit in the bench in the semifinals. What? No way. What? what? I want to play. Man. Yeah. Oh my God. He's well, playing like somebody really good. I think he's playing like uh, I'll have to get Philly. back on that one. Yeah, he's playing Philly. That's yeah, he's playing. playing the Philly run defense. Yeah, Kenneth Walker's got no a, points no. right now. <laughs> Not yeah. when you need. So I mean, 
if Pacheco comes back, it's going to be I'm, a discussion. Hey, right honestly, now, if we're making picks play. here, I'm going with the underdog, baby. Give me a way to move on to, we'll to get the finals. That. Yeah. To get taken down. Now, Chet and I were both on the bye week. We had abysmal bye weeks, by the way, so I'm glad we both had the bye week. I think him and I put up 160 combined. <laughs> like, what, I, you know, you deserve it. You won a lot of games. You so. would have beat my team if you would have yeah. had that combined. <laughs> Shoot, my team is in the toilet series, and they put up like 160. Yeah, we put up 150 something. So I guess yeah, so. you guys should be on the pooper. Play, something. I mean, <laughs> playoffs are happening right now. So oh, and yeah. we're going back to Trevor Lawrence too. Sam Howell is probably going to be on the oh. waivers come tomorrow. Okay. Um. Jacob yeah, this team's <laughs> pretty cutthroat. No, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, he got benched in his real game. So can I really consider him in the playoffs now? No. Yeah, for me, you know, my struggles is RBs um, again for the second season in a row. It's RBs. I, I just I cannot seem I'll to cut find Saquon if you cut Josh Allen. No, <laughs> that's not a fair trade whatsoever. <laughs> um, no, I just I've had the woes with with running backs, wide receivers. I've been okay with. Of course, biggest piece for me. I hope to God that Keenan Allen plays next week because he was a big pickup for me all season long. Uh, and for him, if he doesn't play next week, I have to find something. And uh, I hate myself that I <laughs> I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on my team and I got rid of him. And I can't believe I did that. Why? Uh, I tried to pick him back up. We'll see if that happens. Please, nobody take him. God almighty, I need him. I ain't going to be t- – Hey, <laughs> you need like four less people to worry about now. <laughs> Wait, so there, he's probably already got Who knows what the hell Chet's doing in Jamaica. No, I don't trust Clyde. I, I, I do know. hope Pacheco comes back, though. I mean, he is stealing my guy's points. He is playing Monday. He Reports is. Are saying okay. that he's, play, he's playing Monday. So. Well, one of my coach. running backs towards ACL, so he'll get cut. Pacheco will get activated. We'll be good. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Right. I don't know. Like, If Diggs and Allen don't put up a lot of points um, in this absolute cupcake game against the Chargers, I feel like this is my one game where I feel okay about against Matt Jones. But Matt's... Like his guys can put up some points. Like it's crazy. Oh, yeah. um, I, I don't know how. Like David and Joku. Like, my God, if that guy puts up another freaking 30 point game, I'm gonna cry. Like it's one of those cases. It's like it's so bad. Like, how does that happen? He's like, he is the number one guy for Joe Flacco. Like, I don't understand that. He has Amari Cooper, like in your number one guy is David and Joku. Like, what? So I I don't know. I feel okay. I feel that I'm going to be leaning on the Bills a lot uh, next week for fantasy. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's get to it, Tyler. All right, yeah. No, let's no do time it. wasted anymore. Let's right. No time wasted with the surprise here. So they dubbed me as a fantasy football expert, even though I'm one of the worst teams in our league <laughs> this year. <laughs> but we you scored uh, more we, points than the commissioner, Chet, by the way. You just got a little unlucky. Yeah, I did get unlucky. If you, you know, go back to all my scorings of how many, you know, losses that I have, that's like under five points, then you get that. But enough, enough not about me. Uh, but we did do a full-on preseason, you know, leading up to the season of fantasy football. You know, we did our top fives, did some mock drafts, and we also did the best picks of each round. And we're going to look at them right now to see how much I got right and how much I got wrong. So y'all are going to be the judges. We're going to go through the first nine rounds because that's what the video was based on. So let's kick it away. All right, round number one, Tyreek Hill. Let's say the judge. 
Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty good pick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's hard not to. I think round one was going to be an instant lock. Yes. All right, round number two is a running back. Now, he did get injured. He was playing really well. This was Nick Chubb. Oh, yeah. man. It's like I forgot about Nick Chubb. Yeah. Oh, so that, oh, so that gives Think me Think about where act. the Browns would be if Nick Chubb was healthy right now. Like, that's that's the crazy part about it. Like, I feel yeah. like they'd, they'd be really difficult to beat. Yeah, Nick Chubb, man. I, I had him in one of my uh, South Carolina leagues. I had him and Burrow. They both go down. Still in the playoffs, though. So, um, picking up Kyron Williams had a big part of to do with that but yeah nick chubb can't fault the pick but i think it's the uh end of the nick chubb era i don't think we'll see him go second the third round anymore i think he's probably a rb2 that's in a timeshare yeah injuries definitely hurt him round number three was a wide wide, another wide receiver amon ross st brown yeah he's got round one value so Really good pick there, there in the go. third. Two out of three. Well, I guess uh, you're not doing that next Nick year. Every time Nick Chubb has a loss for me, because that's injuries. Like injuries screwed his season. It still counts as a loss. Though. Okay, fine. It Count it as a loss. I'm, hopefully, but I just Brown is a first round pick next year. Yeah. Okay. Round number four was my only tight end that I had on this list, and that was none other than Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. Injury nah, bug. Yeah, the injury, but also that's too early to take a tight end and not hit tight end number one. I mean, Darren Waller, which was an absolute bust. Yeah, that was also a bust. (laughs) But like, you could have gotten Sam Laporta undrafted, and he would have outscored outscored Andrews anyways. Even if he was healthy, he outscored Travis Kelsey, who people took in the first round. So I, I still think waiting on a tight end can be a good good play um but who knows ah, well we're 500 through round number four all right let's get to round number five this was a rookie jameer gibbs yeah big, he's really big grown value into his own. big value like i he just i don't think anybody really knew where he would be type thing and just i, I, think, <laughs> I think he blew expectations out of the water as far as his position goes and uh, definitely could be a really dominant back in the future. Definitely an RB one. All right, there we go. There's a win for the boys. All right. Round number six. I think that Wade's probably going to have a lot to say about this guy. This was a wide receiver. I was very, very high on, and that is none other than Mr. Jaguar himself, Calvin Ridley. (laughs) He's nauseating. (laughs) Like he'll put up 30 (laughs) points and then he'll put up two and then 30 and two. Um, Luckily, the emergence of Rasheed Rice allowed my team to personally not rely on Calvin Ridley. It forced him to the bench. Um, but if you drafted Calvin Ridley after going running back heavy early and you were banking on him to be your wide receiver one or two, you'd be I'd say you'd be disappointed. Um, but if he's your wide receiver three, like he was for me for a while, or a flex, then I think he's done okay. Well, damn, yeah, we- for me, I feel that. Calvin Ridley, well, fun fact. I have all the fun facts for the night. He's the number one penalty drawer when it comes to wide receivers in the league. So he draws the most flags uh, for pass interference, holding, all that. Uh, out of any wide receiver in the NFL, he is number one. So he knows so he how to have a few more points. You know, yes. But, you know, so, I mean, he knows how to 
you know, manipulate, you know, calls and things like that and get himself open, get his team down the field. Yeah. But individually, I just feel that, uh, you know, he just too, too all over the place. Just no consistency. All right. Well, we can't get consistent. We go from a win and then a loss and a win and a loss. We're just hovering even. I think that this next guy is probably going to send Jacob on a full on rant because this guy, uh, this was an automatic loss. And that was none other than Miles Sanders himself. <laughs> that was so bad. Jacob, <laughs> oh. take it away. Miles Sanders is like an old toothbrush. Freaking <laughs> like it's just so bad. He's just there, but he's useless. Like like what? Like like you can't, you can't get near him, or you get a disease. Like it's just like like what's gonna happen? Like you just get near him, and you're gonna get the disease from him. Like it's just like you're gonna get the just you can't run the football. Like I don't think he knows. Like <laughs> did he get hit the wrong way, and he doesn't know what football is anymore? Like I have no idea. Like it's just it's like wait, you said nauseating, like. It makes me sick to my stomach to where I have to get my nauseating. Yeah, I have to get my stomach pumped when I watch this guy freaking play football. It's so bad. Like to think that he was the RB1 for the Eagles and then you can't <laughs> it up last season. And, and you just forget how to play football? Like I feel like if they had an RB, they'd be alive, but they don't have an RB. So they, they have Chuba. Chuba's terrible. been playing outstanding now. Yeah, I just I just don't think that they have enough. That's the problem. And Miles Sanders was a huge letdown. I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, I think that we can all agree. Out of the uh, the rounds that we did the best picks, that was that the worst the take worst. of the preseason, for sure. All right, let's go on to round number eight. I had this comma team, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and let you all do it. This be a neutral judgment, and that is Chris Godwin. Hey, had a good weekend this week. So if you drafted him, he might give you a gift in the playoffs. He's got um, another pretty easy matchup this week against Jacksonville. So if he's emerging late, I think around eight, he's a good value for a flex play. But if you were banking on him to be a wide receiver too, kind of like Calvin Ridley, you better hope somebody else came in. <laughs> yeah, uh, two of my Penn like State For boys. me, uh, Michael Pittman came in and took his job on my team, and, and now Pittman's hurt, so I have to rely on Godwin. Yeah, I mean, two of my Penn State boys back to back. For we can Godwin, throw Saquon on there too as a bust. You know, I mean, injury injury bug for him too as well. I mean, that's really kind of the letdown for him. Really not didn't get in his groove. Mike different, Evans. you know, and different for him too because you know, going from Brady now you've you've just had the quarterback carousel when it comes to to Tampa Bay and you just can't get used to guys styles and schemes as much as wide receivers have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just don't think, I just don't think him and Baker click. That's the problem there. And, and that's, yeah. that's a big missing factor there. I mean, when Brady was there, him and Godwin could connect pretty well. I mean, pretty often down the field, he was kind of their slant route guy, but now it's just, he seems to have lost his place in the offense there uh, with, with Baker running the show. Uh, quarterback well, i'm yeah. thinking that this is probably lost for me because i went back uh did some research on this so when i drafted chris godwin i drafted him before mike evans Ooh, well <laughs> to be fair in the previous two seasons he had outproduced mike evans so i mean a lot of people had him ranked higher all right let's close it out round number nine james cook i'm already going to go ahead and say that this is a win 
Yeah, big definitely. Win. He's, I mean, a big week this past week too. This is a loss for Jacob for not trading for him. Well, it's a loss for me because I traded him Dak Prescott, guys, and he actually it's a loss for Tyler. I traded him Dak Prescott, and he still managed to miss the playoffs. Pretty much, uh, uh, so I didn't I, give up. No, I didn't give up anything. No, really. you didn't you give really up anything. I gave up everything, and I still clinched the buy in first place. And you should tell her in the consolation. So that trade meant absolutely nothing for both parties. Zero. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, James Cook definitely a great back for the Bills. Uh, I think he distracts. I, you know, he he benefits from the distraction of Stefan Diggs uh, big time. I think that that's how he kind of gets his running lanes. Play action is his bread and butter. I think that's where he gets the most action. Defense gets spread out. He breaks the line, and he gets a 30-yard run. I mean, that's, that's how he's going to get it, and he's a touchdown getter. Like, you get him down in the red zone, he is James White all over again and just can put the ball in the end zone. I mean, that's... That's really his bread and butter. That's why his fantasy points are so high. He's a touchdown score for Buffalo. Well, all in all, I think it was a pretty up and down best picks. I want to continue doing, I want to do this. Like I did like the top five fantasy positions. I'm going to wait until a check comes back. Cause I'm sure that he's going to get animated on some of the guys that I had on that list. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for the fantasy corner, honestly, for the 2023 season. So we appreciate everyone for Tuning in and listening to me, even though I, you know, suck this season in fantasy. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you have to. Hey, hey, and the bargain crumbled, still, man. and the bargain still stands. Jacob said it himself: is if he wins the championship, he takes over the reins of the corner next season. Yeah. So if I win the, cha- I don't know if that's going to happen. I yes, it is. You already said it. that should hope- be. That should be whoever wins out of the four of us has to take over the corner for the year. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, we can do that. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's a very good chance that one of the three of the four <laughs> people on the show win it. I mean, three of us are in there right now, so yep. uh, it could happen. Let's get away from that. Let's get to the news in the NFL. Um, here first, uh, the Raiders pretty much uh, ended the Chargers for good. I mean, that was the old Thanos snap the fingers type moment there for uh, the Chargers. Uh, you know, Brandon Staley's gone. Their GM is gone. Uh, Herbert's done for the season. Does Keenan Allen just stop playing football for the rest of the season? Uh, what happens with the Chargers? Uh, do they just say, here you go, Rams. You can have the stadium for the rest of the season. We won't play anymore. Um because it's bad. I mean, it's really bad. I want to get y'all's thoughts on Staley. Um, and, of course, I want to get your thoughts, Tyler. I want to get your thoughts on Rex Ryan with what he had to stay, say about Staley before even before this game. Like, Rex Ryan determined what was going to happen, you know, with Staley uh, before this game ever took place. Uh, about this fire, I think it was about time. I think that he should have been fired, like, two years back uh, whenever uh, like if you can't win with the offensive weapons that you have you know Austin Eckler he I mean he he's like pretty much past his prime look like he did not look good at all uh, this season you know you got Justin Herbert Herbert dealt with some injuries this season uh, but he's still a viable quarterback option then the wide receivers I mean you got you know Quentin Johnson the, the rookie wide receiver out of TCU drafted him Keenan Allen he probably had one of his best season and he's you know, he's getting older, but it doesn't look like he's getting older with his play. And the defense flat out sucked for the Chargers this year. I mean, you bring in some of the key, you know, cornerbacks, and then, you know, you have uh, back, 
on the linebacker. So, like, this is a division that is definitely going to be wide open every year. You know, the Chiefs, this was like one of the Chiefs down years. You know, the Broncos, like, they're probably, you know, two games out of it. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, the Chargers, they're just a franchise. I, they're just cursed. I just think that they're cursed. You know, ever since Drew Brees uh, went down for a shoulder injury, they haven't recovered from that. Because, like, you know, Phil Rivers, they got to the playoffs, but, you bust. know, one, okay. <laughs> He's a bust. I mean, right. Philip Rivers is a bust. But, yeah, and... there's really nothing to say. I, I just think that this is just a cursed franchise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, I want to get your thoughts on the next story. Of course, it's your Carolina Panthers. <laughs> None other. Yeah, they yeah, get man. their second <laughs> win of the season uh, against the Falcons without scoring a touchdown uh, in a 9-7 win. So, I want to get your thoughts on that. Um in the the lack of people that show up for Panthers games? Yeah, nobody was there, but it, it was raining very heavily in the Carolinas this weekend and some flooding, um, you know, kept some people from going. But, yeah, I think Carolina's just thrown in the towel on the season. But the bright side was we finally saw that poise that we expected out of Bryce Young. He led the team down the field, made three really good throws on that drive uh, for the Panthers to win. And I think there was a good quote after the game, Derek yeah. Brown, the defensive tackle for the Browns or for the Panthers said, um, you know, they're going on vacation just like us, man, because they're not going to the playoffs. So uh, it's good to see the guys still playing for something and then bragging rights. But it looks like it's probably going to come down to Saints and Buccaneers in that division. Uh, Falcons just don't have any offense. Yeah, it's a big problem for for them. Uh, just too much happening there, you know, and just inconsistency play as far as quarterback goes uh, from the Falcons. On to the next one, Bills and Cowboys. It was a big blowout. Nobody, I don't think, saw that coming uh, based off of the Cowboys' last couple of weeks, getting a win against Philly, a uh, big win against Philly, and, you know, having to go to Buffalo, that is no small task. I mean, they they got hit by the crowd. I mean, that that's – they got hit by by the cold in the crowd. So, um, yeah, y'all's thoughts on how well the Bills were able to drum up offense. It's been a couple of weeks since we've seen that. And basically the lack of defense from the Cowboys. Cowboys have been pretty good on defense as of late. They were the number one defense in the NFL for quite a while. I'm not sure if they still are. But, uh, you know, just thoughts on how both teams move forward from it and uh, after this week. I think the best thing that happened for the Bills was the change of offense coordinator from Dorsey to Joe Brady. I mean, this offense looks completely different. I mean, James Cook is being used like James Cook should have been used. Like none of this bull crap of Latavius Murray getting these goal line carries. It's all James Cook. And really what was impressive was Josh Allen didn't really do too much. If He, he said in the press conference he's the kid in the classroom that didn't do too much and he still got day on the paper. Uh, so, you know. Josh Allen didn't even get 100 total yards of offense. You know, two touchdowns, one through the air, one on the ground. If this Bills defense can continue to play like this, this was a secondary that's been dealing with a lot of injuries. You know, Tredavious White, he's out for the year. Uh, so this is definitely impressive. On the other hand, it's like one week we're impressed with the Cowboys, and then on the other hand, they just like the next week they can just pull off a stinker. Uh, so I wouldn't put all the chips in the basket of the Cowboys making a Super Bowl run quite yet. I think I would still go with the 49ers uh, in the NFC. Uh, but Buffalo still needs some help. They pretty much just have to win out 
and they guarantee a playoff spot. We really just got to get into the playoffs. I think that Buffalo is good enough of a team to make a, a Super Bowl run. Yes, would it be better for them uh, to play in Buffalo, especially in that environment? Uh, but, you know, the, the AFC is definitely – I think that both the AFC and the NFC are definitely wide open. Yeah, it's very wide open. Uh, I still like San Francisco as the odds-on favorite. The thing for Dallas is they're really good at home, but the way that their division is going to shake out and potentially the Philadelphia Eagles winning it, Dallas is going to have to play on the road a lot in the playoffs, and that concerns me. Um, But I do think the Cowboys bounce back for the Bills. The question is, is it too little too late? I mean, they're still on the outside looking in for playoffs. The AFC is pretty tight. I think ultimately, yes, they do get in because of the – abundance of quarterbacks that are hurt in the AFC. I think that they will eventually pass teams like the Bengals, potentially the Browns, Steelers, anybody that's kind of on the fringe with them. But um, yeah, I I think that uh, Dallas has got to get it right before the playoffs. There's a lot of talent on that team to be getting embarrassed like that. Yeah. I think the Bills still have a chance. They still have a date with, uh, the Dolphins before the end of the season. It's a huge game. I think if they win that game, they do give themselves a really big chance uh, in, a, in the playoffs. Uh, from this one, let's go to the two OT thrillers here with the Bengals and the Texans both winning an OT. Fantastic games there. What's the better of the two games? I think better overall game, the way it went down, got to be the Texans. Uh, you know, they were – uh, C.J. Stroud didn't play in this one. It was Case Keenum versus uh, Will Levis. Uh, Will Levis got hurt, and then we saw Ryan Tannehill for a bit uh, in that one. Uh, but, I mean, they needed a 55-yarder with no time left uh, on the clock. And uh, so definitely impressive win uh, for the Texans, a huge one, especially with the Jaguars losing. That definitely uh, creates some chaos uh, in the AFC South. The Bengals was also impressive win uh, coming back down. Uh, and over time, I think that's a team uh, that gets to the playoffs. I know that they don't have Joe Burrow, but I think that that defense can definitely hang around with any team in the league. Yeah, I could see it as well. I was really impressed with what the Bengals did. The T. Higgins catch, um, shaking off a drop to make the big catch and extend too it little, for the too touchdown. Late, Mr. T. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much everybody that drafted him didn't need that one because it was – all for nothing fantasy-wise, but um, yeah, Jake Browning has been really impressive. He's very accurate as a passer, and honestly, this team's not much different than than what it was with Burrow in there. Um, so they're finding ways to win ball games. Joe Mixon's playing great, and Chase Brown has kind of emerged as a change of pace guy that keeps some of the the wear and tear off Mixon. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this team makes it into the playoffs. Um, they got a couple of divisional games coming up against Cleveland and Pittsburgh, so they got to win those. Yeah, topic of discussion here, of course, with the Chicago Bears, everything that's circulated around them, especially with the upcoming draft. Uh, their wide receiver room in Chicago, they believe and they want Justin Fields to be their quarterback next season uh, for 2024. Any thoughts, you know, if that should be the case? Should they move on? Uh, and go with some experience or go get somebody in the draft? I think he's got to stick with Fields. I mean, he just – he was so close to having an 80-yard touchdown last week too, and he – really two 80-yard touchdowns. I mean, 
Robert Tanyan dropped one that was a walk-in touchdown, and then Darnell Mooney should have caught that. And we should be talking right now about Justin Fields winning uh, a, a comeback against a playoff team in the Cleveland Browns. So this narrative can't really be spun to him. Uh, I get that he didn't have the greatest of games, but literally had two touchdowns in his receiver's fingertips that, that got dropped. I think it's going to be hard to pass up uh, on a talent like Caleb Williams, uh, but I think that they trust in their guy, Justin Fields, uh, and uh, the wide receivers should shut up because I think that's what that they should draft because, you know, they've got DJ Moore and, like, you look around the that's room like, <laughs> uh, you suck, you suck, you can't you can't catch a ball. Uh, Cole Komet, eh, you have a game every now and then, and, you know, two touchdowns in the next week, he had zero yards and no catches, uh, but – I think that if the draft were today, I would go with Marvin Harrison Jr. as the number one overall pick. Uh, I think that you'll probably see either Caleb Williams or Drake May probably going to go to the Patriots. There's no way that the Patriots don't draft a quarterback. Uh, so I think that the Bears definitely uh, give you know Justin Fields. You know he was hurt this season. We saw the backup come in. Uh, so. I think that the Bears, uh, they're a team that just needs some more weapons. Uh, I think that Harrison would definitely be a good fit for them. Yeah, Derrick Henry, is his time up in Music City? Does he decide to move on? Does the team trade him? What happens, you know, with the state of the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, as we see it with the young rookie quarterback there? Got to see flashes of Ryan Tannehill for a little bit. Not many good flashes, but, uh, I mean – is Derrick Henry going to move on with what's happened in in the Music City? Yeah, I think he does. Uh, I just think that every running back meets Father Time, and and Derrick Henry's getting there. But it's also because the Titans' offensive line is really bad this year. Uh, so I think he could be productive somewhere else. Maybe not thirty carries a game, but could certainly be a guy you lean on. Um, I think he'd look great for a team like Cleveland next year as Nick Chubb's coming back. Uh, maybe uh, another playoff team like the Eagles or someone like that would want to bring him in as well. So I think he's not done in the NFL, but I think his days of being the king might be done. Yeah, it's definitely sad to see. Uh, it looks like Father Time is catching up on them. I think that the time uh, on the tie, I think that the tie-ins are about to just blow it up and, you know, maybe they trust in their guy uh, and Will Levis, uh, but, you know, they got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, that's, you know, they have the problem that the Bears have. You know, they don't really have many weapons outside of D-Hop. You know, they, they drafted Ty J Spears for a reason. I feel like once Derrick Henry's time is up, Ty J, Ty J Spears is going to be their guy, uh, but they need a lot of help in the in their secondary. Their secondary really got lit up with pretty much every passing attack, you know, that they have. And uh, really look at the the body of work of the AFC South, you know, the Colts, you know, Anthony Richardson didn't even hardly play this season. They're looking like to almost be a playoff team. Uh, and then you look at the Jaguars, what they've been able to build and the Texans. So they're getting passed up by pretty much everybody in their division. So they're either blow it up or spend this off season of getting some help on the offensive side of the ball and also the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think Derrick Henry moves on. Father Time's catching up. I, I think for him, a likely landing spot for him, I think, is Minnesota. They really need a veteran back in Minnesota. I think he could be a good fit there in the offense with Kirk Cousins. Um, I just That's where I probably see the, the biggest reality check coming into play there for 
For Derrick Henry, knowing that his days are numbered and his seasons are numbered in the NFL, it seems like. Um, but yeah, moving on from one running back to the next, uh, opposite side of the spectrum here. I mean, let's go to the 49ers, CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Is he the all on like is he the guy for the MVP this year in, in the front runner? Yes. yes. He should be for sure. I mean, that team runs through him. Brock Purdy might get the the vote at the end of the day because of it being a quarterback award, but let's be real. If Christian McCaffrey was not on this team, they would be right there in the middle of the pack. And if Christian McCaffrey was on a team like the Cowboys, they would be unbeatable. So, um, yeah, I just think that he he is the most valuable player. I mean, it's right there in the name. Yeah, I probably a week ago I was going to give my vote to Dak Prescott, but oof, he had a rough game against Buffalo. I think that this has been a quarterback award recently. You know, the quarterbacks that could probably be up for the award is pretty much Brock Purdy uh, and was Dak Prescott. And then, you know, Mahomes hasn't had this this season that, took, you know, with Jalen Hurts as well. Uh, so CMC just been like the most valuable player in the league. Like Wade mentioned, you know, you take him off of it. Who knows where the 49ers would be? You know, it would be running with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, but I may be biased here. He served me wonders for my fantasy team, even though it didn't really matter in the end. Uh, but he was definitely a dog for me. Yeah, uh, that's it for the NFL. Wade has a little fun uh, piece of information from NASCAR Neil, who we haven't yeah. heard from for a couple weeks. Uh, of course, we spoke to Neil, I believe, last when the NASCAR season finished. Um, so I, we have a little update, I guess, for the off season. I don't know when NASCAR starts again. I'm that assuming it's Neil labels it as the yeah, off season hey, NASCAR. Here Neil it segment. is. Well, take it away. I know this because of NASCAR Neil and his expertise. NASCAR starts uh, the Sunday after the Super Bowl historically uh, with Daytona. You know, NASCAR goes with their big, big ticket event to start off the season, which I think is always pretty cool. I, I, have a, um, I have a thought. Why don't they do NASCAR in the winter? Like it's free AC. You know, I mean, like, like what? Yeah. Like, 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 why would you put yourself? Well, you through can't that in the compete with football. Let's be honest. Ooh, though they're not, they're not bringing in the same clientele for they football. Could start I mean, like January and go to like, yeah, till the fall. Right. Get another month in the highlight. On a separate note, that's a beef I have with the. The Baton Rouge Zydeco, I get that they got to go on the road, but I want home games now because there's no more LSU football. There's no LSU he baseball. like a little kid. He's like, I want home games now. Yeah, I want to I want to go watch hockey now, but by the it's time they're back money. in town, I baseball use it when I need it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyways, NASCAR, Neil, uh, giving us some off-season uh, recap here. You know, NASCAR season did end about uh, – about a month and a half ago and uh, they immediately go into a free agency period because these guys are racing individual individual cars, but they are on teams and uh, cars get filled and, and moved around. So uh, the first guy that moved that Neil noted was Noah Gragson. He parted ways with legacy and um, he had a little bit of a controversy. He liked a meme on Twitter and it just caused a bunch of drama, but he ended up signing with Stuart Haas racing into the, the number 10 car, um, which was previously occupied by Eric Aramarola. And uh, he's moving over to Joe Gibbs 
racing on the Xfinity series. So a little bit of a downgrade there. Uh, that was leaked beforehand um, by Gibbs. He was telling someone at the Washington Redskins games, because Joe Gibbs also is an owner of the Redskins, that he was going to make that move. So it kind of got out through the football channels, which Come is pretty cool. Um, and then it was also announced that uh, here's SVG. He did not clarify on that. So we'll pause on that one. Um, so next year, they're going to have the Chicago Street Race. And oh, uh, yeah. a guy to look out for is, is Here we go. <laughs> GTA Almondina. in real life, people. Let's go. Yeah. Like, I want to ask NASCAR Neil what this course is going to be like because it's like, that could be crazy. Downtown Chicago. Yeah, he says, what are you going to have to do, like, drive under the beam? Almadinger? <laughs> because of, he's extremely dangerous at road courses. Well, it's already in Chicago. <laughs> we don't need it to be any more dangerous, NASCAR Neil. <laughs> um, and he says, this particular offseason, there has been an unprecedented amount of crew chief changes and spotter changes. So not only the guys in the car, but the guys on the support staff. So that's a little wild too. I mean, again, when, when I watch NASCAR, I'm just looking at face value, who's running the car, but it would be the equivalent of, you know, head coaches, offensive coordinators, that kind of stuff leaving in football. So there is a lot more that goes into it. I'm sure that I butchered it. Some NASCAR Neil, forgive me, but you can fill me in tomorrow on how I did. Uh, but yeah, that's all NASCAR Neil's got for the offseason. NASCAR Neil took in a little football action this weekend. He was at that overtime thrower between the Titans and the Texans, but he left before the game ended. So oh, he did not what? see the game winning field. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he went to go get drunk. Oh uh, my gosh, Neil. Okay. All right. <laughs> Neil signature. Um, no, I like and look, NASCAR's got a transfer portal going here. Like this is yeah. this is interesting. So, you know. Ties into football a little bit. So, yeah, a little, little bit of uh, change around going on in NASCAR as well. Of course, uh, we won't see you guys next week because Merry Christmas. Um, and we will be spending time with our families. And uh, we will see you guys after the new year. Uh, so we'll see you in 2024. In it's been next a great year. year for the pod. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see you next year. It's been, I, yes, yes. On a side note, like, it really has been. Like, we... We talked about this. I think Tyler and I talked about it last week a little bit uh, just off air. But I think it it's really been like a huge jump like for us. Just just from the beginning of, of the year to now has been crazy. Um, and, and I just think it's probably just going to get bigger. We appreciate the support. It absolutely helps immensely. Uh, it helps us keep pumping out episodes for you guys. I know that I wasn't around a lot this year uh, in, in the stretch, so I made it a point to come back. I said I really needed to devote my time, come back. Yeah, we with all the guys. need to like spend a moment to see. Yeah, like, like talk I needed to decompress. Year. I really just needed to decompress, and it was just one of those reset moments in life. Um, so I kind of just slowed down, took some time off, uh, took my extended vacation that I don't get, you know paid for <laughs> we don't get paid for it at all but um yeah i took some time off but i'm happy i'm back i'm glad to be back with you guys um it's different me hosting 
and stuff. Uh, I think I did it at the end of last year too. But yeah, uh, <laughs> you're it, the it, emergency it, QB, and you do a damn good job. Thank you. I I appreciate it. So. Yeah, I, I get my practice in with uh, college football coast to coast. Uh, of course, if you guys want to go check that out, Tyler and I have been really hashing it out on college football coast to coast lately. So uh, a lot of great episodes over there. Of course, there's great episodes of Sports Scramble. You guys can go back and watch all of the great episodes throughout the year, uh, and we will kickstart the brand new year in the same the same season of, of the pod. So we will uh, see you guys in 2024. We'll see you next year. So long.